sir. All right, let's hit it. All right. Welcome to the Billfish Republic. This is going to be episode one of the Billfish Republic podcast. We're just getting this going, so we're going to ease into this. Uh, I'm Chris Alvarez. I'm Will Grigg. And uh, we're going to be the host of this show. Uh, we're going to go back and forth, bring what we can to the table. And uh, so, Will, what's the Billfish Public podcast going to be about? Well, I'll tell you what it's definitely not going to be about. We're not going to have sponsors. We're not going to have paid ads. We're not going to be filling your brain with a bunch of stuff that you don't want to hear. Yeah, man, I hate that. Um, we were looking at some podcasts trying to see how we could like fill in uh, in this industry, in this little niche podcast. Um, we were seeing a lot of people that just kind of like had ads all over their podcast banners. You listen to the podcast, the first 10 minutes is just they're talking about these people that they're in bed with, these brands, these companies, and they're just plugging everybody. They got a little bottle of rum on the table and they're sipping on it and they're putting the product placement there. It just seems all too pre-programmed and too, everybody's too in bed with everybody. Not too much info coming in. Uh, so we kind of wanted to get away from that. So this is going to be a Billfish Republic podcast where we're going to try to bring info to the people. We're just, me and Will aren't know-it-alls. We're not complete professionals in the sense that we don't fish and we don't dive every day. Uh, we've done it enough to where we know uh, whether somebody's going to be bullshitting us or not. So we're going to try to bring in other mates, other captains, other commercial fishermen, guys that can kind of add to the conversation. So this isn't going to be a podcast where we're going to tell you how to go out there and catch the fish and give you a guarantee of what's going to be the best, best way of doing it. We're going to let other people tell you that. We're going to sit back and bring those experts on the show and let them give you all the knowledge. We're going to facilitate it all. Right. All right, Chris. So I guess, you know, before we kind of get uh, this podcast, you know, too deep in, why don't we tell everybody, you know, what's, what's your history? You know, what's the history of Billfish Republic? What is your history? Uh, so I started Billfish Republic in 2015. I was a mate on a boat. I had been mating on boats for a bunch of years before that. Uh, my family had boats, so I had been fishing a lot myself. I was diving on our personal family boat. I was mating on boats, um, you know, doing the day in, day out of the mate grind, fishing tournaments, that type of thing. Uh, I was kind of spending my free time in my garage, in my shop, kind of messing with different products. Uh, different materials, trying to make a product that could kind of get me off of the uh, off the boats, off the water. Kind of wanted to do a little bit more stuff in a shop. It was always been my dream to have a product. Um, so living in Palm Beach, I had the garage. I used my garage as a shop space, and I started ordering carbon fiber, and just ordering higher end carbon fiber, better stuff. Trying to figure out what it is that I could put together, um, really with no direction at that point. Um, just kind of spending money, gluing stuff together. Uh, then one day it just kind of hit me, looking at a sailboat pulley, looking at a carbon fiber stick, trying to find a different way to propel a pole spear rather than the just a traditional band. And I got a sailboat pulley, I glued it on the back of a high-end stick of carbon fiber that I had bought, ran a band through it, rigged it up, put a hand strap, and just pulled on it, and when I first pulled on the first roller pole spear, that feeling uh, just felt like magic. So, wait, were you working on a boat? So you were working on a boat doing this. Were you working on a boat down south in Miami, or were you and driving back and forth from Palm Beach, or? Yeah, I was working on the Weez and the Keys at the time. We were fishing the full sailfish circuit. Uh, we were doing a little bit of Bahamas stuff. We were fishing weekly. We were fishing three, four days a week on the boat, practice fishing. Uh, so the other couple days of the week I had off and I was living in Palm Beach and I was also working on a couple other boats in Palm Beach uh, when I had extra time. Um, so yeah, I was driving back and forth, fishing a bunch of tournaments. Um, I love that type of stuff. I just kind of wanted to get out of it. Um, so that's what kind of like led me into like kind of like R&Ding um, a, a product that I could make and stay in the industry but kind of stay on the dock and have kind of a little bit more longevity in the business by having a brand in the industry rather than just relying on my mating and captain skills. So how long did it take you from <clears throat> your first, you know, the, the carbon fiber stick and, and the sailboat pulley to where you're at now? Like, how long did it kind of, did you see that progress? You know, was it a year? Was it six months, three months? 
Yeah, I think uh, by the first time that I stuck a sailboat pulley in the back of a carbon fiber stick to the first time I sold one was probably over a year. Um, you know, there's a lot of little parts of the roller pole spear that needed to be thought out. Um, the way you put the band on, how you put the band on. I mean, some people take an hour and a half and they still can't put the band on if they don't call me and get an explanation. Come on. So I did that without being taught by anybody, So, but I didn't figure that out in an hour and a half. It took me a, a couple weeks to figure out how to do that. Um, so I had a couple roller pole spears that I would bring to the Bahamas. I'd put them in the stash of pole spears with everybody and people didn't even really notice it. I would just put them on the boat and they would just look at it and say, what is that? And they didn't even really understand what it was. I would grab it, I would take it in the water, I would shoot a couple fish with it. And I was doing my own little R&D. Um, in the meantime, while other people were just doing their spear fishing, but they didn't know that it could actually be a product and they didn't know like what it could be. Um, finally, a year later, I was buying better carbon fiber. I started getting some you know, machined metal pieces, the ends, the ferrules, all put together. And I was getting them sent to me in small quantities and I was putting a couple together at a time, making it a more finished, polished product. Um, so it was probably like a year and a half before I finally got anything to show anybody or it ever even reached social media or anything like that. Um, so yeah, good year and a half of R&D before you know, anybody ever saw it. What year was this when, when you officially started? I think it was sometime around uh, mid-2015 <coughs> when I first you know, came out to the world and showed it on social media, showed it to friends, showed it to people, um, sold a couple right away. Uh, and, um, after that it was, you know, Blue Wild was a big, uh, big push because people wanted to see it. A lot of people thought of the idea or heard, heard about the idea, but never had seen it, never had touched it. Um, so it was 2015, 16 to where it first started catching on. Um, so after Blue Wild got a, you know, good amount of orders, I was really pleased with how it worked. From then on to the races of trying to figure out how to make more than four of these at a time. Started putting in orders for some big batches of metal, big batches of carbon fiber. Uh, started realizing how to customize them, getting the sticker cutting machine. Um, so yeah, we have a little sticker cutting machine. That's how we cut all the stickers and all the customizing. So I had to learn all that, how to work the sticker cutting machine, how to make cool stickers and customize. Everybody wants something different. So whether we're making an American flag, a Bahamas flag, you know, Florida Gators, UM, you name it, we've made a sticker or a theme on a pole spear or gaff or harpoon um, for somebody's liking, custom to what they want. Sometimes we send it to them, they don't like it, we scratch it all and redo it again. Um, so you started with the pole spears, but how long you know, did it take you to progress to where you started bringing up gaffs and then harpoons now? You know, what, did that, what did that timeline look like? Yeah, so the first year and a half, two years, it was just strictly pole spears. Uh, I had two models. One was the Sniper, which is the most popular one. It's what we sold the most of. It's what pretty much, you know, 99% of the people have. Um, that's the Sniper, that's a three quarter inch outside diameter. And that's the go-to pole spear for most people. That's the, one of the first two that we started with. The second one is the Big Body, which we're kind of phasing out. It's a little bit too big for most people. I would say if you wanna go shoot a Goliath, you want to go shoot a big black grouper or a big kubera and you're going to strictly target those types of fish, the big body would be a great spear for you. But we kind of phased that one out. So at first it was the sniper and the big body. Um, big body's phased out now. Introduced the slayer. Slayer was just a traditional pole spear. That one was a little bit thinner. And that one, we added a roller conversion to it. So that one can be traditional or roller. Uh, sometime around 2017, 18, I started playing with some gaffs. Like again, same thing with the pole spears. I didn't just make a gaff and put it for sale right away. I was, you know, buying material, making myself gaffs, using them, trying to figure out what I could do differently with the gaffs. Um, so decided to just grab a fiberglass blank, wrap it with a carbon fiber for aesthetics and for looks and wrap carbon fiber around it in different ways. There's different color carbon fiber, uh, fiberglass mixes that we found that 
kind of give it the look and the sheen and the it's not just paint it's not just what you kind of see or thread what you see any other rod gaff builder doing so what we do is a fiberglass blank with a carbon fiber fiberglass outer wrap and that was sometime around 2017-18 when we started making the gaffs um, there's a couple revisions before that that look totally different than the ones that we're making now but yeah pretty happy with the ones we make now they have the right amount of flex and uh, they're all custom to anybody so from the bottom to the top they're customized colors themes the way people like it another one of the products we're really proud of is the harpoon which uses the same carbon fiber as the big body but the harpoon has a tip weight on it. So the tip has a big chunk of stainless steel integrated into it that the injector <coughs> rod threads into. And it's just a great harpoon that gives you the balance between throwing a distance at a far fish or dropping to a fish that's right in front of you. Kind of um, funny, Chris. I don't even know if you actually know this because I don't even know if I've ever even actually told you, but how I actually found out about Billfish Republic was through the harpoon. I'm not a diver. I was never a diver. You know, every time we used to, people used to go, friends used to go dive in the Bahamas. I was always the one to volunteer to, to drive the boat. I don't, I don't like sharks. Right. Bahamas are filled with sharks. Guys that dive are always with sharks. I'm out on that program. Understandable. A lot of guys that fish don't like to dive. But yeah, actually, actually how I came to find out about Billfish Republic was a uh, harpoon. It's funny. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Will, runs Kelly Dawn. You know, he, he, I think he bought one or got one for a gift for somebody. And he had this harpoon. He knew I liked to swordfish, so he pulled out and was like, "Check this thing out." And I was like, "Where'd you get that at?" And he's like, "The Billfish Republic." I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, I see that guy on Instagram." But I'm like, "What's his name?" And he's like, "His name's Chris." I'm like, "Does he have like a, his Instagram account?" He's like, "Yeah, Billfish Republic." I'm like, "Yeah, I get that. It's a business account." He's like, "No, he's a, he's a private guy. He's like, only a couple people would get to meet him." And eventually, you know, after blowing your phone up for I think like what was it like fucking months to try to get one finally answered back and said yeah yeah I'll, I'll make you one but definitely yeah i mean that's been the great part about you know billfish republic is just more than just spear fishing um or just fishing it's we're trying to branch out into most of the things so billfish republic is not a necessarily a spear fishing name but um you know giving us the ability to stay flexible in what we're going to do and make spear products fishing products you know harpoons gaffs pole spears and uh, made some couple other things that, you know, never really made it to market, but we've always been messing around with, you know, new designs. So the Harpoon is the last product that we made. Um, did mess around with some push poles uh, under a different brand name. We got some really great guides using the push poles, but it's a different topic, different podcast, um, but really proud of the push poles that I've made also. Any, uh, any plans for future new products? Uh, yeah, we do have a new product that I've been working on that's kind of half in my brain, half in a prototype uh, physically, um, kind of trying to make something that's new. They're really, you know, the roller pole spear was the first cool, new, innovative thing in primitive spearfishing that I remember ever, you know, coming to market. Um, there was really nothing to me that brought the buzz that the roller pole spear did to primitive spearfishing, so... I'd love to replicate that and do that again and again. Um, but yeah, I do have one product that um, I won't even give any hints on because it's you know still far from reality. Uh, it's in the garage. I'll show it to you later. And uh, I've shown it to a couple people, and they know not to say anything. Um, but hopefully, we'll come out with that soon, and you know, really hope that that will give that excitement to spear fishing, just like the roller pole spear did. Because a lot of guys. Uh, you know, we're really excited to have that. Um, and so, yeah, nothing really has come out um, that's been innovative since the roller pole spear. So it's kind of um, uneventful. It's kind of a, you know, a lot of people have copied the roller. Um, yeah, you know, it's not a novel idea, but a lot of things that any company that's out there did with the roller, they copied it off of what I did. So it is what it is, it's flattering but I got to do it to them again. This time I'll patent, protect it, and they won't be able to copy this next one, so. Kind of circle back around real fast. So you were in Palm Beach, and we're here on a farm right now in Homestead. How do we get from point A to point B? Yeah, I lived in Palm Beach, and if you would have seen my house in Palm Beach, I had a garage 
where I had a full shop. The living room was the sticker shop, the office. And the backyard was a 20 by 10 tent. On the side of the house, there was another 20 by 10 tent. So I was doing it all out of my house and the whole property, it was a small little property, but the whole property was full of tents and workspace. Um, thank God my landlord was gonna demolish the house after I moved out and they were gonna redo the house for the next owner so they weren't too mad about the stuff that we did there. But I needed more shop space. Uh, I love working from home. Um, the gluing that I do, you kinda gotta glue a little bit, take a break and let it dry and then come back to it. So being stuck in an office or a warehouse um, would have kinda been an issue. So I decided to kinda you know, pursue part of my dream which was to have land, animals, farm, you know, surrounded by greenery, great neighbors, great location. So we're down here in Homestead, Florida on my five acre farm. I have more than enough space to grow and build everything that we need to. We have, you know, 4,000 foot pole barn out back. We got another pole barn for parking. We got two garages and plenty of shop space. Um, the downside of that is that I kind of don't like to have people come to my house and look at products. So, um, yeah, so I've met people around and kind of just peddled them out of the car online and done it a different way. Um, we do sell at a couple stores, but yeah, there's no storefront, kind of just selling out of my house. I ship from here. Um, yeah, I really love the way I do business because I get to wake up, work, and take my time off. I work late a lot of nights, I work early and I get to kind of like make my own schedule and I'm surrounded by a lot of beauty. So it's really inspiring to, you know, be in a great place while I'm doing my work. Minus the uh, being far away from everything. <laughs> it yep. ain't even close. Yep, yep. Well, I like being far away from everybody. I like being far away from things. Like it goes back to like when I started Bill Fish Republic and kind of like while we're doing this podcast now is that I never really was a public person. I didn't really put myself out there. I wasn't really in the first couple hundred posts of Billfish Republic page. Um, I might, I'm in a couple photos, but you wouldn't even really know. Uh, it's just kind of like my style. Um, I wanted to be the guy behind the scenes making the cool products, not the guy on the scene being known. That just never was my thing. Um, wasn't there like another Chris or something involved with Billfish? Yeah, so in the beginning there was two Chris's. Some people were speaking to me and they thought they were speaking to some other Chris. Um, you know, sometimes you have, you know, influencers and people who want to be known as something and they want to be part of the business. But, you know, the way I look at it is if you're not going to be part of the profits, or sorry, you're not going to be part of the profits if you're not involved with the losses. Uh, so it's really hard to have somebody who really doesn't want to put any skin in the game um, and doesn't really provide anything to the table. So. Um, that ended pretty quick. I had to come out and really just be like, you know, I'm Chris. There's no other Chris. So, but um, the first couple hundred pole spears were built by me by hand. Um, I built them all because I needed to, because I'm the one that knew. But also, I realized that when I did hire a little part-time employee, he did everything wrong. Um, and if you glue something wrong, it's glued like that forever wrong. Um, so I did all the stuff myself. Um, I've glued pretty much every pole spear by hand. I've been either there doing it or I've been there with one of my guys that's done it with me. Um, so I think that's the right way to do it. I've heard of failures in this industry and in others. It's hard to believe that that was just a, an error by somebody who just didn't know what they were doing. Um, but yeah, Christian Hernandez has worked for me the longest. Big shout out to him. He's uh, worked for me for a little while and he was doing a lot of the customizing. He was helping me tie bands. Um, and when I say I glued everything, it was me and somebody else who did the, the really important parts of the gluing, the parts where you're gluing the ferrules in and you're doing the whole process correctly. Um, you know, making bands, customizing the spear, you know, tying slip tips or crimping slip tips. You know, other people have helped me with all that. So Christian helped me for a long time in Palm Beach. Huge help, great guy. A lot of the custom spears and harpoons and gaffs that you see, I let him kind of like do what he wanted on the spear, on the gaff. So he knew how to use the sticker cutting machine. He would get the stickers, cut them, layer them, and do a whole bunch of cool designs that like people were really excited about. Um, 
Hunter Simpson helped me for a little while. Big shout out to Hunter. He shoots the spears too, uses the gaffs. I had another uh, Cuban guy, Ernesto, that helped me glue a bunch in the last year here on the farm. So it hasn't been me only, but it's been me um, as far as doing the important parts, making sure that there's no failures that are kind of our fault uh, in the product. So <clears throat> going back to each of the, I guess each of the products, you know, we have the sniper, the slayer, um, we got the gas, we have the harpoons, you know, what, if someone were to request, you know, to build one of those things, what's like a, what's like a timeline look like, you know, as far as time someone puts an order into when it's going out your door? Um, so definitely it's gotten faster uh, in the beginning. Like you said, it was hard to get a hold of me. Um, you know, in the beginning, a lot of stuff was just hard to figure out how I was going to even build this stuff. I was getting orders uh, faster than I can keep up. So, it, you know, it was weeks, months in the beginning. Um, part of that had to do with everything being custom. Um, part of it had to do with just not having the materials on hand. But uh, luckily right now, we have shop space, we have inventory, we have a lot of things. So, I mean, I've gotten spears into people's hands an hour after they called me and ordered it. Um, and sometimes if I just happen to not have everything, it's a week or two. Um, so right now, probably a week, two weeks, um, depending on where I'm at with things or what other orders I have in front of me. Some of the gaffes um, take a lot longer, and I don't build those in advance. But right now, I have snipers, slayers, and harpoons ready to go. So I can just kind of like print a name, put the name on it, and send it out. So a lot of people don't know is... We have now introduced apparel into the uh, the Billfish Republic line. You know, you want to give a little thought about that. You know, how we how we end up bringing that into the uh, into the mix. Yeah. So a lot of that is thanks to Will and his involvement and excitement in the helping with the apparel um, and pushing me to do apparel. Uh, we did apparel years ago. Uh, just never kind of like stuck with it. Um, we have a great artist, uh, Levi Solomon, Guru C, who's done a lot of the art. Uh, great geometric patterns on fish rather than just the Guy Harvey lifelike type stuff. Uh, so we've brought hats, shirts, long sleeves, short sleeves, hoodies into the line, and we're slowly but surely trying to figure out our process of how we're going to get the best material, the best printing and the best process down. Um, so Will's helped a lot with that, and we're getting really close to uh, perfecting our process, but a lot of the stuff we have out there is, you know, great stuff. We got sun shirts, we got tri-blend, we got hoodies, we got hats. We got beanies now. I'm, I'm wearing the first ever beanie. Um, it's got a little anchor on the corner, so, you know. Yeah, apparel's going great. We're, you were clicking away at it slowly but surely, making a couple sales and, you know, really happy with it. We're about sold out with everything we have now, so we're going to re-up on, on some new stuff. So what's your involvement with Billfish Republic? And uh, tell us where you want to kind of take Billfish Republic. And uh, so Will's helping a lot with Billfish Republic. He's helping with the apparel. He's helping with a lot of things behind the scenes. We got a website guy. Um, so I'd like to hear from Will as far as, you know, where he sees Billfish Republic going and what we're going to do with all the apparel stuff that we got going. Yeah, so I, I kind of came into the mix with this. Um, I don't know, it was probably, what, two years ago? Uh, yeah. Two years ago, you know, I'd seen Chris's stuff. Um, I liked it. You know, I'd, I'd actually tried buying uh, a shirt or a hat from him, and and it wasn't available. It wasn't for sale. He didn't have apparel for sale. He, he made it for him and the crew, and... And that's if you were if you were lucky and you were one of the guys and you got it. If not, then then you didn't get it. Um, so I, I'd seen Levi's art and it was super cool. The guy's very talented with what he does, um, and I just saw an opportunity there. And so I, I reached out to Chris on about two years ago, um, asking if he wanted to partner up with it or if he was interested in selling the business. Um, and he pretty much told me absolutely not, not interested. It's, it's his baby. It's what he likes to do. Um, so I kind of left it alone, didn't really um, entertain the idea too much, kind of let him be. Um, about a year later, I still hadn't seen, you know, too much apparel stuff come out. And I was like, you know, I'm going I'm to pressure him again. Um, 
So this time I, I didn't just pressure him with, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get involved. I actually went to him with a little bit of a plan uh, with the, of how, you know, we're going to get there and, and, and what I wanted to accomplish um, by joining up with the team. Um, so I had this idea, you know, of, of bringing out a parallel line. You know, we see all kinds of competitor stuff out there. Um, the art's okay. It's really not that great of stuff. You see it and you're like, wow, you know, it looks like clip art. You know, a lot of guys have clip art looking shirts out there. And you're like, what is this? You know, and you see other brands out there that, you know, they, they want to tell everybody how they're from America and they're American made and they're not, you know, they're made in Pakistan and they're advertising. I mean, some of these companies, you know, they, they, they want to advertise that they're American made and, and the owner of the company doesn't even live in America. Um, so <clears throat> when I got involved, you know, I knew Chris We made all this stuff in America. He's a real patriot. Um, so I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join up with this. I can get on board with this. Um, so I kind of brought in a little bit of a team, like he was saying, you know, we brought in um, a website guy who stays behind the scenes. Um, we brought another guy in, um, Hunter Hayes. If you guys don't follow him on Instagram, you should go check him out. He's a real character. Um, so what's, it, what's his Instagram handle? I think it's Hunter Hayes. Triple H Hayes. Triple H Hayes. Is that what it yeah. is? Um, yeah. So when we joined up, you know, we started kind of game planning on, you know, what do we want to do? What kind of, what kind of shirts do we want to do? Do we want to do sun shirts? Do we want to do more of a lifestyle stuff? And, and we kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, everybody that we're friends with, a lot of them work on boats, a lot of them are maids, some of them are captains. These guys aren't buying shirts. You know, they get, everybody knows if you work in the industry, you can get as many boat shirts as you want um, by just whatever boat you work on. You know, it's, they're free handouts. So none of those guys are buying shirts. So when I came on board, you know, I say, you know, what's, what's something cool that, you know, if we're not on the dock, we're not fishing a tournament, you know, what could we wear around that? That's something um, that people would like that they'd find interesting. Um, so we started developing more of like a lifestyle brand per se, um, that you could wear something out to a basketball game. It's not so fishy. Um, it's not in your face, um, that people would like, but also of quality, um, that that's not going to, it's not going to come apart. Um, more of like a, like a Lululemon style kind of quality. Um, something that's comfortable, something that people like to wear. Um, yeah, so I, that's how I kind of came on board with, with Billfish. Um, I'm originally from North Carolina. I came down here. I went to college at Florida Atlantic. I started working on boats uh, when I needed some side money. I had always kind of been a part of boats, uh, going to Charleston um, as a kid, uh, being part of that whole crowd down there. Yeah, you worked on some pretty big-name boats, right? Yeah, I helped out on a couple of big boats. Uh, kind of the first guy I worked with um, in the industry is a guy named Chris Collin on the Marlin Darlin. He's a uh, super well-known captain, super respectable guy, um, teaches you a lot. Guy, uh, It's actually <laughs> it's funny. I was with him the other day, and I was telling him, you know, after working with him, I, I went and worked on another boat, and... and um, the guys all of a sudden said, hey, do you want to go get lunch? And I was like, you guys take lunch breaks? And they're like, yeah, what do you mean? I was like, when I was with Chris, this guy does not eat food. I kid you not, the first the first day I was with him, it's like probably 1 o'clock, and I'm sitting there going, man, I'm starving. I've been with this guy since like 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, Chris, do you want to go get lunch? And he's like, ah, yeah, I mean, I guess you can go get lunch if you want to, but I'm going to stay here working. And I was like, that was like my cue for, okay, I guess we're not eating today. We're going to continue to work. Uh, and I, I used to joke with him. I joked with him about it the other day, and I was telling him, like, man, you know, you're one of the first guys. Like, you don't ever stop. And the guy really doesn't stop, you know, but which is part of what makes him so successful in this business. Yeah, that's funny. As I used to work on the Wees and the Keys, and, you know, the captain, same thing. He'd come back from, down from the tower, and he'd be thirsty. He'd be hungry. And we'd be offering him food all day long, but he wouldn't take anything. And he'd be like, if the fish aren't eating, I'm not eating. <laughs> And even if we were catching, then he would still not eat because now we were catching and he was more engaged. So it's funny you say that. It just must be something about certain people who are just super driven that just don't eat. Um, there's days when I don't eat when I'm super driven and there's days when I eat a lot. But I mean, that's something that, you know, seems to be a quality of like really hardworking people that just forget to eat. Yeah. So I, after, after working with Chris a little bit, um, I uh, started kind of getting a little bit into commercial fishing, got in a little bit of the commercial sword fishing stuff. Um, started fishing with a kid named Jake Richards, um, who was originally from um, down here, Fort Lauderdale area originally. Fished with him a couple years, um, had fun, learned about it. Ended up through fishing with him, met a kid named Mike Zislin, another big kind of commercial kid, or, or was a big commercial kid. He's, he's in, the, uh, um, in the banking uh, realm of things now, but 
met him and a kid named Sean O'Brien. Sean's a uh, Sean's a really good friend of mine now, and is actually the kid I end up fishing with the most after after meeting all of them. Uh, me and him got along great. We understood how each other worked. Um, how always had fun doing going out there, going fishing. Had some nights where he caught a lot of fish. Um, so I had, had super fun there. And then randomly, out of the blue, I had I got a call from a guy named Kyle. Uh, he's the captain of the Bree and. Um, I think Chris from the Marlin Darn actually gave my phone number, and they were in the process of building a new 86 Merit at the time, and they were coming back from uh, either Bermuda or Costa Rica or somewhere. Um, they had been fishing, um, and I started helping them out with that new build of a boat, um, hanging out with those guys. Uh, a kid named Royal Hendricks was one of the mates at the time. Um, another kid, Colin. So I know Colin, Royal, and those guys. One of the things that you know, stands out to me, like why those are top boats is those guys are militant. Those guys have an open checkbook and they're expected to do everything the right way. Um, and being part of a program like that teaches you how to do everything the, exactly the right way. Yeah, mon money is not an excuse for something not being done on that boat. That was the one thing that they told me when I, when I kind of got there is I was, I was looking and a, a light was out and, you know, some other people might say, oh, you know, we'll, we'll go get it later. You know, it costs too much money. And, and that was the one thing about the owner of that boat is there was, there was no budget um, to the boat. Everything needed to be fixed in order when he got on the boat. And there was no excuses for, you know, if, if it wasn't done, money better not have been the, the answer for why it wasn't done. Um, but, yeah, they did everything by the book. Um, everything's grade A in that program. Um, everything from, you know, the cups that you drink out of to um, – the stuff you use fishing, they all have top of the line stuff. Um, they want the best of the best. They want stuff that other people don't have, custom stuff. Um, they want to be the first ones with it. Yeah, and operations like that, they want, what kind of education did they expect that you have? I mean, when's college the last degree. time that you ever had a boat that you worked on that needed a college education? Um, but they expect, they expect the, what they want for the money that they can afford. And they want the best mates, they want the best crew, they want the best everything. So it's kind of just a testament to, you know, an individual skill when you're a mate or a captain, when you start working for the bigger boats, the more expensive operations, it really shows in the, the people that are involved. Um, so, yeah. And honestly, some of those guys like that, that, that have, um, that don't have a budget, you know, they're, they're some of the nicest people to work for. Um, the guy, Randy, was, was the gentleman that owned the boat. Um, nicest guy in the world you'd never know that he comes from the kind of money he does very low-key guy wants to help everybody he can uh, same thing with those guys on that boat you know they'll they'll do whatever uh, for anybody they can to help um still to this day you know I, I stay in touch with some of them and and they always reach out you know hey you need anything feel free to give me a call let me know and and i some of them i haven't talked to in a year or six months and then i'll i'll see him i'll talk to him and it's just like i've been working for him last week um, but yeah, great guys to work for. I learned a lot from, you know, both those kind of programs. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, nothing, nothing but great things to say about both those boats. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Will's involvement in Billfish Republic, you know, he wanted to do an apparel line. He saw, you know, a future in that and he's going to help and has helped with a lot of other things for Billfish Republic. Uh, one of the reasons why I never really wanted to go doing apparel and I wanted help from somebody and I had you know fished around trying to get people to help me with it but couldn't uh, was because the products just take that long to build they take that much of my attention um, the customizing takes so much attention so I didn't want to take away from the product to kind of make apparel and kind of you know dumb down the brand to just throw in an apparel line so it's been great having you know we got Christian we got a new website it's about to drop soon yeah so we've been waiting on that for a little while, but it's going to hit. And we got, I mean, we saw uh, a snippet of it the other day. It's way more interactive. There's way more, you know, things to click and things to entertain people. We're going to have the podcast hopefully uploaded there. We got all the products on there. Um, all the inventory is going to be correct. Um, we're going to be able to put in custom orders on there and put in what you want. And we'll get back to you all through the website, which is the way it was, but it'll just be upgraded. Um, so yeah, so now we have kind of a full team going ahead to where we'll be able to push the products more, push the apparel more. Uh, we're going to do a lot more marketing. Podcast is going to be a big step in that to where we're going to try to bring info to everybody. We got a belt. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Um, kind of forget about that a lot because of COVID and not being able to use it and it's just kind of sitting there. 
Um, but yeah, we got a 27 conch, 2020 uh, used, but it was a 2020 when we got it with 50 hours. Um, beautiful boat. Can't say enough about that 27 conch platform. Uh, we've done some trips on it. We've caught some wahoo. We've done a little bit of sorting on it. Um, Bahamas was just kind of a real big pain this summer. Um, everybody had to get COVID tested. Everybody had to do that within a couple days of going to the Bahamas. So we're looking forward to doing a bunch of that in the future. Um, sail for season's around the corner. Were you, getting, were you planning on doing any dive chart, um, dive charters? Didn't you mention yeah, we're that talking about that. Um, we got to get all the legalities of that squared away first. Um, yeah, personally, I'd like to kind of extend that to customers of Bill for Republic, like guys that already have spears and take those guys on dive trips um, and, uh, you know, get the name out there and do more dive trips. I mean, it would have been great to do that this summer when we had the boat. Um, it's just a pain. I mean, we tried to do a couple trips, and some guys wanted to, you know. Did we try going to Costa Rica literally the week before, like, COVID shutdown? We had that yeah. trip planned for, what, two months? We were supposed yeah. to go in there and go fad fishing and, and have, a, have a good old time, and, and that got shut down literally the week we were supposed to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a weird thing. You know, just try not to be around people. Um, uh, we almost had to not do this podcast because somebody could have contaminated you. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but luckily we're, we're all safe, um, we think. So, but yeah, we're going we're gonna to start doing some maybe charters in the boat. Um, you know, if you're interested in that and you hear about this podcast, you know, feel free to hit us a DM and just let us know you're interested. Not really going to be a big business move for us, but we'd love to kind of extend, you know, I'd like to do it more to the customers that already have spears and take them diving. There's people that I sold spears to, they have my product and, you know, it'd be great to get in the water and dive with them. Um, like, I'm super proud about the customers that I have, uh, the type of person that is interested in the Billfish Republic product. You know, I'm super proud of that. It's just great people, people that, you know, want a custom product, great divers, so many humble guys. You know, we don't have that whole pro staff you know, insta-diver, YouTuber, uh, as our customers, we got a bunch of quiet guys go do their diving. A lot of them have the best boats. They have, you know, all the means to do all the great trips. Um, and just a great group of guys. So it'd be great to, you know, take a bunch of them diving in the future. I guess tapping into pro staff, Billfish doesn't do pro staff. Yeah, um, definitely not. I mean, from the beginning when, you know, you got some influencers and pro staffers and they try to go out and tell people that they are the company or they're part of the company and then they go promote it in the wrong way. Uh, just, I wanted to have a product that spoke for itself. I really wanted to have, you know, something that you can present to somebody and it doesn't need marketing. It doesn't need advertising. It doesn't need to be pushed. It does, nobody needs to do a bunch of tactics and ram it down everybody's throats. Um, so we did give a couple out in the beginning and see what we could do. Um, it's an unfortunate thing, you know, this day and age with Instagram and the influencers, uh, you can give a guy a spear, ask for photos and videos and never hear from the guy forever. Um, they'll just disappear. Um, maybe that's not everybody else's experience, but that's been my experience. It's kind of a unregulated market, giving somebody a pole spear and expecting photos in return. Um, so like I said, I mean, I have the best customers of anybody, you know, customers they know what they want they want the best they come get the best but they're not the youtubers the influencers the podcast they're, they're, they're just not that type of person they're just more humble more relaxed um but all of those people have friends that also buy pole spears because their circle of friends is also that same type of person who wants to buy the best can afford the best and goes after the best so yeah instead of just giving about, out a bunch of uh, spears to a bunch of pro staffers and let them go you know, Peacock on Instagram. Um, and my, my opinion is, is if, if you're giving your product for free to a bunch of people and people catch wind of that, then everybody else is going to want it for free or they're going to feel out left because they didn't get it for free. So, you know, you can pretty much rest assured that if you bought a Billfish Republic product, that I didn't dilute the value of what you bought by giving it out to 30 other people. And I hope that doesn't make anybody, or I know it doesn't make anybody feel left out because pretty much everybody else paid for it, just like you did. Um, which I know a lot of the other brands, they just hand stuff out left and right and in exchange for a photo. Um, 
and it's sad, but you know, definitely, I don't, I don't want to do that. People have asked me about doing pro staff. They want to be on the pro staff. Um, you know, the minute I try to tell them, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll help you out with a spear, but you got to make me a couple of videos. They don't want to do it. They don't want to put in the work. They just want the free thing so they can just leave and uh, go enjoy their free product. And then they're going to go to another company and ask them for something for free and then go to another company and repeat the process. So, Yeah, now you're just part of the problem, not the solution. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Instagram's kind of created that. You know, everybody thinks that, uh, oh, I'll give you a plug on Instagram. Uh, we've gotten plugs from people that have hundreds of thousands of followers, and it doesn't do anything. So that's not the key to our success. The key to our success has been making the best product, you know, having people that really want the product buy it. And uh, yeah, part of the reason why I do custom stuff is, you know, if you're sitting at a dinner table with a bunch of people that can afford the product, you know, are you going to bring up the mediocre product that you bought earlier that day and tell everybody how you bought this average thing, whatever it is? No, I mean, nobody's going to bring up an average purchase. But if you bought something that has your name on it, that's customized, that you can actually pull it out, show it to everybody, and pass it around the table, it's remarkable, um, worth making a remark about. Um, so customizing the spears has kind of helped sell it, because somebody sees, and then they see that you know, your name is on it, and then they think about the way that they want to have theirs made, and they like theirs with this color and that color, or they can get one for their son with the color. Uh, it's kind of been contagious, uh, puts a ton of work on me, and the people that have helped me, because we have to make each one, one by one, give everybody an example of what it looks like, and then finalize it. So we can't build everything in mass, um, in mass numbers, but the good part about not building anything in mass numbers is that we build things in small quantities, control our quality, and do everything the right way. And we do everything in small quantities. When we run out of that, we improve our process for the next time. Uh, which has been a great thing. We've not only done that with the spears, though. We've started doing that with the apparel, too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's Christmas time now, and we're kind of out of some of our stuff. Um, but, you know, we didn't want to order a bunch because we wanted to be able to, you know, see if we can research and develop uh, something different, something better for the next round. So, you know, it's right around Christmas, to right before Christmas right now, so... You know, yeah, we're kind of low on inventory, but we're, thankfully we're still making some sales. And but we're going to be out of some inventory. We're going to make another couple rounds of apparel that are going to be better than the last one. Um, I guess the, the rule there is, if you guys see something and you like it, don't wait around for it because there's there's plenty of people that that hit us in the DMs every day asking, oh, where's that one? Where's that one? And it's you know, it's 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 sold out. And there's going to be a different one, and it might come back. We might bring it back again, but. The goal is to keep bringing out new stuff. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I think uh, something to be said for a brand that does things in lower quantities and puts more attention into what they do than somebody who does something in high quantities and uh, pushes it down your throat and then has to continue selling it to yourself. I mean, geez, we found out that people were, companies were promoting a product that they didn't have, gathering the sales. And then once they were get their total sales, then they'd go actually make the product and then ship it to you. So you were getting your shirt a month later. Um, you know, so we're not so, going to Sometimes do that. a month later. Sometimes I, yeah. I, I've had shirts where I bought from a company and thought, you know, you know wow, that, you know, that's sick. And then all of a sudden, 60 days, 90 days go by, and all of a sudden something comes in the mail. And I'm like, what is that? And it's, it's the shirt I bought on Instagram, you know, three, four months ago, all of a sudden in the mail because they... They waited, and once all the orders came in, and they created it, and they sold it. Um, yes, yeah, that's unfortunate, but you know, people don't want to get stuck with inventory, which is part of just being in business. Um, so where, where are we going to go with this podcast, really? Like, you know, we've talked you know, a bunch about me, you, the business, the podcast. Um, wh where are we going to head with this, Will? Where do you want to see this thing go? Like, we're going to have guests. Yeah, I think, I think the goal, like kind of how we said earlier, you know, we're going to start bringing some guests on the show. Like, like I think we said from the beginning, me and Chris, we're not going to be the ones to sit here and tell you, you know, what decisions you should or shouldn't make um, in this industry, whether it's fishing, spearfishing, hunting, you know, any kind of outdoor stuff. We're, we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Chris stays here down in Homestead on his farm. I stay up in Boca area. You know, we're not out on the water every day, so we... we 
me or you by by no means are going to be giving out that kind of information for people. Yeah, um, there's already some guys doing great how-to videos, not tying videos. You know, you got R.J. Boyle. That guy teaches you everything about fishing. He's going to teach you every knot, every leader length, every leader size, and go into depth. Um, like we, me and Will went through kind of our history and stuff. You know, we know how to do this stuff, but we don't want to be the guys that go. You know, I'll tell you how to build a pole spear better. That I will do. Um, but we're not going to go try to tell everybody how to, you know, fish better. So. Yeah, so I think the goal is, you know, we're going to start, you know, inviting, you know, a couple people on the show, uh, different industries, some guys in the commercial industry, some guys in the bait that, you know, catch bait for a living, guys that marlin fish for a living, you know, guys that sail fish for a living, guys that are just mates on boats, that, that clean wax boats, um, you know, we're going to kind of bring uh, experts in uh, on the show that that we see um, fit. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll bring some of those people on. Yeah, I mean, the, the beauty about that will be is that you've fished on boats. I've fished on boats. So if any we bring anybody on, we'll be able to have a great conversation with them and get the most out of them um, and bring value to the listener as to, like, certain things that they might not think about talking about or that some of our listeners might be, you know, interested in. Um, you know, like you said, you don't spearfish, but I spearfish plenty, and I have plenty, so I have a lot of um, knowledge there, so we can bring on some great spear fishermen and ask them some great questions and bring them knowledge and ask them questions about the rigs, you know, stories about what their, you know, their experiences, um, things that they see happening, and bring some value to the customer. Um, you know, so commercial guys, you did some commercial fish. I used to goggle eye fish commercially. You used to sword fish commercially. I mean, you know, the goggle eye thing's a grind. I mean, we had a great time doing it. It's not as glamorous as sword fishing, but man, so many people want to hear about the sword fishing stuff. It's you, unbelievable. You came sword fishing one night. You got a, you got a first taste of, of what yeah. it's like. Yeah, yeah. We got a YouTube video up about uh, our my first time commercial sword fishing, which was buoy fishing, and. All I got to say is it is sundown to sun up work. Um, yeah, major respect. And hopefully, you know, Sean, maybe we can get him on the podcast. I mean, you know, he's going to be a great guy because, I mean, so many people that love fishing, but you don't have a license, you can't go commercial sword fishing. So the entry, the you know, it's really hard to get into that little niche of people. Yeah, it's But you were in that niche. Um, I was really interested in it. I pushed to get that, you know. That video go out that night. We caught six swords. Yes, yeah, so, we were uh, out there six or seven, something like that. We were out all night. Um, Will did everything uh, that a mate would do. I filmed the whole night, and Sean, you know, was a captain slash mate and did everything. Sean um, does everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean can do everything. I mean, he had no to drive question. the boat while you were doing some stuff. Sean, Sean doesn't. Sean doesn't take breaks. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He um, goes out there. But and- that guy's a wealth of knowledge. I mean, it'd be cool to have somebody. He's just, you know. You know, we got to get somebody like that who doesn't like talking to come talk. That would be awesome. Which a lot of our guests are probably not going to be talkers. I, mean, I think that goes back to what we said in the beginning. Like, you know, we can get tournament directors, CEOs of companies, or you know, you know, heads of whatever you know organizations. Um, but that's kind of not where we're headed. We kind of like like to go with like the guy that's in the mud, the guy that's in the you know industry that's actually doing the work that makes the industry what it is um, rather than going towards the big wigs and getting their you know their top down view we'd like to get the bottom up view from the guys that are actually doing it another cool thing that you know like besides like the commercial fishing you know I haven't done a whole lot of it but you know fishing outside the states you know besides like fishing the Bahamas but you know there's these guys now that are they're fishing down in the DR they're fishing down in Costa Rica they're fishing in Bermuda they're fishing in Africa you know some of those guys would be pretty cool you know to hear hear their stories, you know, not necessarily, you know, what they're doing exactly of how to catch the fish, but like, what does a day, you know, look like down in the DR, you know, from sun up to sundown, you know, those guys are putting up pretty crazy numbers down there, um, kind of all over. It'd be super cool to get some of those guys on the show that, you know, can tell us, you know, what does it look like, you know, getting a boat, you know, a lot of these guys that people don't know, they get these boats shipped down to Costa Rica. Um, they put the boat on another boat and it gets sent down there. It's actually, you know, it's kind of going on today. I, I actually saw on Instagram, you know, uh, a couple of boats were loading up on boats. I think, you know, Will loaded up to Kelly Dawn today to head, head back to Costa yeah. Rica. Yeah, I saw Brent, Brent Feeder put, I don't know what boat it was, but they put it on one of those dockwise boats to take somewhere. The fish tank was on there, a couple other boats. Yep, yeah. Um, so, you know, we know a bunch of those people from our time in the industry. 
So we're going to go after them. If somebody knows, you know, or you know us and you kind of like want to come talk and you think we can be of some value, you know, you know, you know us, you know where to find us, Instagram, the Billfish Republic, just, you know, us, if you us guys, a DM. If you guys have any uh, ideas for, you know, podcasts or things that you guys want to want to learn, you know, we're, this is, this is, um, this podcast is for us to give back to you guys. You know, me and Chris, we both over the years have listened to a lot of podcasts and, I know like when we're when I'm on a long car ride when he's in the car you know we're always going back and forth talking about podcasts that we listen to whether it's you know Aaron Snyder you know Joe Rogan um, any kind of hunting podcast any kind of fishing podcast anything to like learn um, me and him are both super into those kinds of things so if you guys you know find a topic that you want us to talk about or to bring somebody on the show to talk about you know feel free to, to shoot in the DMs and let us know exactly you know what it is yeah definitely um, I mean we there's a million hunting podcasts there's a million you know life like a joe rogan general stuff podcast but in fishing, fishing. It, there there isn't any and the ones that we saw were just all advertisements or you know they were you know the moderator just didn't know anything about um anything fishing wise and it just wasn't wasn't done to what we want to do so hopefully there's going to be a little gap in this market to where we can fill it in uh educate people about our products and you know, talk to people about things that really matter to people. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of value to provide there. That's a wrap. So, yeah, we're going to wrap up our first podcast. It's Chris and Will coming at you. Gave it our best shot. This is our first podcast, by the way. So bear with know, us. Bear with us. Might be a little clunky in the beginning. Um, let's see. We're going to try to figure out what we're going to do for our next podcast and bring some more value to you and... Yeah, and we'll start bringing on some people, get some more interesting stuff happening, and we'll go from there. Sounds like a plan. Sounds good. Everybody go follow The Billfish Republic on Instagram. Um, Check out the Will website. and I both have personal pages. We'll keep those personal. The Billfish Republic is where we want to show everybody to. We got a Billfish Republic YouTube, and we will be posting this podcast. We don't even know where yet. It'll be on the website. It's gonna be. It's gonna be online. That's it's what I can tell be you. Online. I mean, <laughs> it, it might be on YouTube. We might go with Shop Spotify. Um, we could don't be know on yet. Apple could um, be. On we're something. that new to this, so we're gonna put this somewhere. And you know, I hope everybody enjoys it. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit Will or I up. Yeah, you can hit us up at thebillfishpublic.com. All right, guys. Talk to you guys later. All right, peace.